Hey, it's Aaron Anderson from Live Big Co. And you're listening to the Power to Be podcast. This is real deal coaching where every week I work with one courageous soul to guide them toward their true path. My guests are from all over the world and I meet them exactly where they are in their life without preparation or agenda. There are no expectations and there's nothing to fix. They show up because, well, they just know that there's something more for them. I weave into my coaching my background in brand, design, yoga, leadership, and a whole lot of life experience. And together, we go on a quest into the unknown for the insight that unlocks their potential. This is what rapid transformation looks like, feels like, and sounds like. It's really big work, and it's always worth it. There's something here for you, too. So listen for what holds true for you and take what you need. Let's find out what this week's guest has the power to be. So, Melissa, thank you so much for joining me on, guess what, the first ever podcast of this kind, of its kind. It's a one and only never been anything like it before. I've never done a podcast before. So you and I were in a never ever zone mm-hmm. together. <laughs> and we're about to um, really delve into my favorite place on the planet, which is the unknown. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for um, for meeting with me. And I, what I want uh, the listeners to know, and I want to re- remind you and me, is that we've never met before. We we don't know each other. There's no um, there's no existing relationship other than us being beings on this planet who are up to something. And you know we we stumble and fall from time to time, and we're we're in the grace of it all. And uh, and you were willing enough to say yes. To doing a podcast with me without really knowing much about me other than, you know, a mutual friend that we have. And so I, I really wanted to, uh, to begin just this initial, like first pioneering moment by asking you if you wouldn't mind repeating what you said to me. Like, you remember, I was like, I'm not sure if this is the best idea. What do you think? And you remember what you said to me? About my recent advice from somebody that I was yeah. listening to? Yeah. So I was, well, first of all, I think you're on the absolute right track. And then I was recently at an event, one of the last events I was I was able to attend in person. And uh, Randy Zuckerberg was there and suggested that everybody take a moment and if they have that voice within them to start their own podcast, because the world is listening and wanting to hear female voices in particular, she was speaking to a group of women at that time. So I thought it very uh, ironic that I had just been in the presence of Randy Zuckerberg giving that great advice. And then here you were a little unsure about starting your own. And I think you're right on track. Wow. Well, I mean, talk about um, helping someone create in in this like. See, this, this is it. This is the the co creation that I find the most fascinating and wonderful. It's not like somebody has more talent or somebody has more time or somebody has more money. It's not like that. We just we have to co create together. So thank you. You are uh, without you, this would not be possible. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Melissa, let me let's. Um, Let's actually begin with that. Let's start with that that question, which is that voice within that you you have. What what is the voice within saying to you right now? Um, goodness, lots of things. I feel like, uh, and so some of what I'm working through is probably distinguishing all of it and discerning what I need to to really listen to first and do best. Um, but that voice to me has always been um, to listen to the stories of the past and to listen to the history of those that have come before me and uh, not just women, but, but definitely some strong women in my life, some of whom I've met and had relationships with and others that I'd never known, but were tied to me in, in various ways. So that voice to me, that voice within is telling me to, uh, share those stories and to listen to them and kind of interpret them out in this modern age that we're in. And what, what right now is getting in your way of doing that? Oh gosh. Um, well, I would say 
you know, life just in general busyness of, you know, the little things, they're important things, but they're little things that always are there. Um, I'm a mom and a wife and I'm also building a house right now. So lots of things I work full time, which I love the job, but it's, it's a job and it's, uh, you know, one other thing along with being a mom. So it's lots of different hats that I'm wearing, which I think a lot of people are in that position. Um, so it's, it's probably an excuse more than anything, but, but time is definitely, you know, a real, a real thing in this busy life that I have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, um, I know I, I appreciate the analogy of wearing different hats and about time. And you really, you've done a beautiful job of identifying those things that are outside of you. And, and like you said, like a lot of people, uh, you know, are in this trap and it's an easy thing to identify that these are the hats I wear. I'm a mom, I'm building a house, I have a job, I have responsibilities. And yet there's this pebble in your shoe that's, that's kind of bugging you, right? Mm-hmm, as you walk mm-hmm. And you said it beautifully. I mean, you, you said the word, like, what is calling you? What is, what is, yeah, like, what is in the background calling you, whispering into your ear? So if you were to I- identify, uh, like, the hat, that the hats, multiple, how many hats do you wear? Listen oh, for gosh. The- I mean, just I... say the number five, five hats. Yeah. <laughs> five hats that you wear. And, um, Every time that you change a hat, you uh, you do it consciously. You you take the hat off the wall and you put the hat of mom on, and then you hang that hat up. So it, it's creating this um, changing of outfits as opposed to you being navigated from deep within, which I sense is is the calling for you right mm-hmm. now. That sound mm-hmm. about right? Yes, that does. Mm-hmm. And what I really find interesting about you is this identifying of the stories of strong women from the past. Can you, um, could you share with me some of those women? I'm, I'm just curious, like, are they, you know, women in literature? Are they women in your family? Like who, who are these? Yeah, women? absolutely. Uh, so yes, to all of those things, but in particular, the first story I really became aware of at a, at a young age was my, uh, paternal grandmother and she passed away when my father was very young. He was five years old mm. and, um, just the way things happened in a family relationship and family dynamic. I didn't learn about her existence until I was about nine or 10 years old. Probably the grandmother I'd always known growing up was in fact, uh, my father's stepmother. Uh, and she's wonderful and has been a wonderful grandmother to me and still is, but I never knew about this other person in my life until I was about nine or 10 years old. And so that had a big impact on me that there could be, for lack of a better term, a secret person kind of in my life. And so that was a big impact on me. And then I was able to learn a little bit more about her here and there. Um, But I definitely sense as I've become a mother myself and as I've grown up um, that she's definitely kind of one of those guides that you have in life, kind of a guardian angel is how I've always thought of her. Wow. Yeah. So she's, she's a family member, obviously, but I, you know, I obviously never met her either. Um, and then I, I have been greatly influenced by various voices throughout literature. I've always loved books and uh, seen that as an escape. And ironically, here I am, I, this is down another path, but I am in rural Iowa now. That's where I live. And that was not where I grew up, never was really on my radar as a place to be. And um, and so not that this is the only reason, but I've been deeply influenced by the works of people like Laura Ingalls Wilder. And mm. uh, that sounds very uh, juvenile to some, I'm sure, but through her books as a little girl and then rereading them with my own children, uh, I've definitely come to appreciate uh, some of that living on the land and that simpler life and uh, being more connected, I would say, with the world around you. And so that's definitely played a role as I've moved forward in this path. And so lots of different influences. There's there's many. Um, but What's one more? One more One more of your favorite influences. Okay. So the, probably the other really big one is um, it's actually my husband's great grandmother and Mm -hmm. she kept a daily journal 
for many, many years, lives in the town where I currently reside. And um, upon her daughter-in-law's passing, I inherited all of those daily journals and all of her photos and her Bible and all of her most personal belongings. So I very much felt that I was given that gift of Mm -hmm. kind of being that storyteller for her. And I also received those uh, right around the time that my first child was born, my daughter was born. So it was a culmination of all of these things, getting all of these precious handwritten memories and uh, then also becoming a mother myself and just kind of continuing on that family heritage. Melissa, would you mind telling me what your paternal grandmother's name is? Yes, her name is Carol. And um, what is, uh, was your um, your husband's great-grandmother's first name? Her name is Nellie. Oh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, so Nellie, Carol, Laura, and your daughter's name, would you mind saying? Mm-hmm. Her name is Taylor. Okay, so Carol... Laura, Nellie, and Taylor all have a story that has woven into the fabric of your life, the fabric of your spirit. And they've each stitched a stitch into your spirit. What do you believe is the common thread that they, um, they all share? Hmm. Um, that's a very good question. I think definitely there's a strength and a, um, I think there's a strength in them. I would say probably more of a quiet strength versus a really loud roar. Um, I, I think also there is this sense of um, maybe grit and making it work despite you know bad circumstances. Uh, Carol was in the Navy waves during World War II. So she enlisted um, as a volunteer and I, from what I can tell, had some health issues, but still did that work. And, um, you know, I think she had definitely a grit and a spirit to her, uh, was very brave and, you know, moved away from a hometown and ended up meeting my grandfather in Washington, D.C. with the Navy uh, during the war. Uh, Nellie certainly had a sense of quiet strength. Uh, I think she kind of, you know, was that quiet backbone that held the family together and, and was that quiet guidance um, for all the men that you always hear about in the family lore. Uh, but getting to read her daily journals was quite a different view. Oh, yeah. That's where the truth happens in the journals. We don't lie in journals. We always tell the truth in journals. Pen hits the paper and truth comes out, right? The truth, yes. And I would say it was a very it was a very clean truth. It wasn't anything like I would write. Certainly it was more of the weather and the details of the day, but it was still oh. in her voice and uh, and there were moments, you know, moments when the sun went off to the war or different things like that where you got that real sense of uh, emotion. Sure. Yeah, and the challenges that they went through. You know, there's, um, I mean, Laura Ingalls Wilder with The Little House on the Prairie. I mean, those those are stories that, you know, many of us grew up with. And the, that uh, what you're speaking to with a lot of these stories is that purity. Um, the Like you said, the grit, being able to overcome really, like, not not even emotional challenges, but like the challenges of, of survival, of being... Um, being one in the world. And then there's this deeper message that seems to be underneath all of them about this voice, because you keep referencing the voice. Mm -hmm. So um, one thing's for sure is that that I I just know time and time again, with all the many people that I work with, that when, when someone admires someone else, so when you admired in each of these women, their grit, their quiet strength, their courage, their ability to be guided. There's something about an intuition. Um, mm-hmm. like that's something you had appreciated in them that you, um, you can't notice them in other people unless you have them yourself. You are absolutely looking into a mirror in these women. And what I appreciate my, my best friend growing up, her name was Maria and she was obsessed with Laura Ingalls Wilder. She was <laughs> obsessed and she watched every episode read every book all the things 
And um, the thing that she admired about Laura Ingalls Wilder was different than what you're seeing. See, like, because she just was looking into a different mirror. Mm-hmm. So th- this is who you are, Melissa. And what I'm really curious about is what is what is noticing this? Because you've been in this noticing for a long time now. But what is this this coming up now? Like it's bubbling up to the surface now. And what I what I am sensing in you is that you you have this calling, this bubbling up inside of you, and yet you're very busy changing hats. Mm-hmm. So what is this calling? If you were to a- attend to it, what is it saying? What is it time? Let me ask it like this. What is the time for you to be that you're not being now? Hmm. Uh, yes, that's a great question. Um, and maybe it varies. Sometimes I think it varies and other times I think it's perfectly clear if that makes any sense at all. But um, definitely I'm called to write in some way. I definitely feel that. Um, but even from a very young age, I always wanted to be a teacher and yeah. um so my my dad's stepmother my grandmother that i grew up with and actually both of my grandmothers were teachers and so those were models for me and i very much always wanted to be a teacher until i didn't and then i thought that was not the path for me but it was always a very early inkling for me and then it translated into other ways so i taught um well i taught yoga Previously, I'm still a certified instructor, but in this new life, just haven't been able to make the time to teach uh, classes. Uh, I've also become a certified health and wellness coach because that is an important part of me and an important part of my being, but haven't taken on a client. I just got the certification uh, about a year ago and then didn't do anything with it. Um, So I think that calling to write and be a teacher is uh is what's surfacing right now Mm -hmm. i'm i'm just so grateful for the way you answered this uh question because i think that it's uh it's actually beginning to inform part of my work in the world so i um i want to just say something um about what's happening is that the way that i'm listening to you is creating you and the way that you're listening to me is creating me. So we're together, we're in a co-creation. And um, one of the things that I'm noticing um, as you're speaking is my passion for the distinction between being and doing. Mm-hmm. And when I asked you, what is a time for you to be, you identified doings. Mm-hmm. And it's classic. That's that's I, I I do it myself all the time. I, I I've got to do this. I got to do that. I, where's my to do list? I've got to do do do. And my my doing is driving both a deep sense of fulfillment in my life, but also it's draining the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I've got shoulder issues and elbows are sore and my head hurts because I've been just so busy doing. And my being is like saying, would you please, for the love of your all things good, slow down and simply pay attention to your being. And there's not enough value placed in the world on our being. Hmm. There's just so much Instagram, uh, you know, whatever. Anyway, we know all the things. <laughs> like the measurements, the metrics, the certifications, the the pride that our family has in us when we get, when we do something. Mm-hmm. Can be alluring and it can be addictive actually so the question really was what is the time for you to be that you're not being now because it's um it's always been in you since you were born before you even got your face this being has been there and through life of survival ego stuff whatever like like you said the you know real things the being starts to get um, shelved and the doing is on more importance. Mm -hmm. And while I'm not saying, you know, like shave your head and go live on a beach (laughs) as unappealing as that sounds, that not what I'm saying, but what I am suggesting though, is that it might be time to really nurture the being part so that you don't accidentally go out and get yourself another hat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So let let me let's go let's go together into you see I I were holding hands you and I we're Thelma and Louising it except for we're gonna fly not crash <laughs> we're gonna hold hands and we're gonna leap out into the unknown and we're going to go and um, we're bringing our flashlights with us our, our, the light of of power and the light of love and we're going into the unknown searching for your the 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 um, correct timing for this being to emerge what are you starting to sense what are you starting to feel oh gosh um hmm. uh, actually to be honest a little bit of anxiety about how do you just be in such a doing environment um so that is, and it's, you know, I know this, right? I know this. I taught yoga. I told people to be <laughs> present <laughs> in the moment. I do know it. And, and intuitively, I do know it, but it's so hard to put into practice. Um, it's just as a giver, because you're a giver, mm -hmm. it's just more challenging for you. It's more confronting for you to go get it for yourself when you've been so dedicated to helping other people get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I need to, I mean, the word that keeps coming, I have a couple words that keep coming to mind and one is peace. Mm. Um, and then one is freedom and a, probably a freedom from just feeling the pressure of those hats. You know, I don't think those hats are necessarily bad hats. I think sometimes oh. I just feel so much pressure to do everything uh, so well that then nothing gets done well. <laughs> I um. My kids are 12 and 14 right now. And um, every once in a while, they'll bust me. I'll be, you know, whipping around, sweeping the floor and doing the dishes with a little bit of extra, like a little kick, you know, a little edge. And they'll sort of bust me and they'll say, what you doing? And <laughs> I'm tending to the house. It's what I do. I'm a mom. It's what I got to. And they're like, well, we don't care. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes, you know, we put hats on that we think we, we ask. H O U L D should like mm -hmm. the show putting all over ourselves to do and really think about it. Um, yeah. It's so the, the, the question is um, that is unhelpful that will always derail you from that. The being is the question how, but how, so how do you, how do you expect me to just, yeah. how do you, how do I, well, how do you, ah. so it creates this, huff, huff, how, the huffy how in our, in our head that, um, can be kind of fatiguing and, and anxiety inducing for sure. Mm -hmm. But then look at the words you chose, peace and freedom. Mm -hmm. So the, the principle, this principle that I, I don't know who taught me. I don't know if I discovered it. I don't know. I don't know where it came from, but and I, and I know it was taught out there in the world somewhere. So forgive me, whoever made this up, and I'm not giving due credit. But it's the, the principle of being first, doing second, and having third. Mm -hmm. Most of us are operating from having. So having, having the good life, having comfort, having ease, having um, wealth, having fame, having um, adoration, um, you know, having the things and that, that has been our sickness. And that's one of the things, I mean, look at us, we're in the, we're in the pandemic right now. I mean, my little, my little, I should send you a picture later. I'll send you a picture of my little podcast booth. It's hilarious. I'm in like a guest room. My, my laptop is on a shelf and I've got the chair jammed up against it. I mean, I found a little corner in my house, not fancy, and that's, that's really the legitimate um, lesson that we're being learned. It's not about the stuff. It's all about our being. Because I get to be here with you, Melissa. Mm -hmm. And what a gift. Oh, my God. Way better than fancy, you know, podcast booths and stuff, whatever. Um, so, so, yeah, we're, if the emphasis has been on, on having a tidy house or having a good illustrious career or having the respect of, of your peers or having whatever it may be that has been accidentally driving that, that having really has led to a lot of doing and the hats have been generated by the having. 
And so then the question about the being has kind of become third, you know, third priority. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm flipping it for a moment just to have, to have you and I hold hands and leap into the unknown and discover what is it time for Melissa to be? And, and I love what you said, peace and freedom. And wasn't it interesting that it was anxiety inducing for you? (laughs) Yeah. So say more about that. Why, why did that cause anxiety? And if you, let me ask it a little bit more refined question. Oh, the anxiety that you, you felt when you said, when you started to uh, look into your being and you saw peace and freedom, it came through a voice that isn't yours. Whose voice was it? Uh, gosh, I, I honestly don't know whose voice it would be, but I think that that is, uh, it's one of the hats coming through. I feel like it's one of those, uh, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know which hat it would be. I feel like it is a, it's it's that responsibility is what it is. Yeah. It's responsibility. That's not really the hat. It's just the responsibility of it all. It's the, uh, rim of the hat of responsibility. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's it's that. It's the responsibility. It's the um, making sure I'm, you know, doing the right mom thing, right? And taking care of everybody and uh, making sure everything is in order. And it's not right now, but it should be. The should comes out. So I think it's it's almost hard to think of the being in a true sense. Um, is it a masculine voice or a feminine voice? Mm-hmm. I didn't think of it in terms of masculine or feminine. I thought of it in terms of heavy. Um, and in that heaviness, is it a he- is it a masculine heaviness or a feminine heaviness? I don't. I don't know. I. I have never really identified the voices. Um, I feel like I'm always in conversation with myself in different ways, <laughs> um, and I'm not sure I've ever really gone that route, which is interesting because I really feel a connection to the feminine in many yes. ways. So, sure yeah, so I'm not sure why that, I just don't think of it in that way. I think of it much more in um, the energy of it, if that makes sense. So that energy yes. feels heavy. Yes. Okay. But I'm going to stop you. Sorry. I'm going to, inter- I'm, in- I'm interrupting your thought. Okay. And the reason I'm interrupting it is because you're very comfortable with this thought. And you've had this thought many times before. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think about it in masculine and feminine. I think of it as energy. So it's clear that you've had you've had that thought before. Yeah. So you're, you're actually not right now. So, he, oh, this is so awesome. Um, you're not in the unknown when you speak like I that. I see. Uh-huh. And it's not like um, this is, uh, it feels like you're being challenged. Yeah. And um, that may be so. But you're being challenged to see layers deeper, to see past what you see. You When you look at what you always look at, you see what you always see. And when you look into a new arena, you might see something um, un- unpleasant, um, you know, something you didn't want to see, something you wish you didn't see. And that's that's why we choose to look at the things we want to look at. That's mm-hmm. the so I felt your resistance come up and you have a very pleasant form of resistance. Let me tell you, <laughs> bless you. But I could feel it coming up where you were like, nope, no, no, thank you. But no. So if, if you were to stay in the, in the resistance of it and really just, um, be guided, mm-hmm. Okay, so let me say one more thing before I ask it of you again. It's exactly what um, the the challenge or the problem is, is that you think this voice is yours. Mm. It's not. Mm-hmm. And, and voices have, so you're all about stories and voices. And in your lifetime, you have heard hundreds of thousands of voices and stories. Mm-hmm. Some you were like, damn, I wish I didn't hear that. And nope, I don't want to hear that ever again. Nobody, nope, nope. I really want to be over here with Laura Ingalls Wilder. 
So the, the part of the work of awareness of, um, of, because what we're doing is we're, what we're doing, Melissa, is we're removing the blocks, the barriers that are in your way mm-hmm. from doing the thing that you, you are here to do. You have been, you have heard a calling and I asked you what's stopping you from it, from actually answering that call. Mm-hmm. And your answer was, well, I have responsibility. Yeah. And now I'm asking you, whose voice is that? Mm -hmm. And you said, well, it's mine. And I say, bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. But I've let it become mine. I've somehow tricked myself into thinking it's mine. Yeah. Yeah. We could. Yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying. I hadn't thought of it that way, obviously. (laughs) Well, of course, because you're so damn responsible, Melissa. (laughs) I know. You take responsibility. Mm -hmm. Things happen and you're like, I'll take it. I'll take that. Mm -hmm. And no wonder it feels heavy. If you were to listen, this is just the the work of of the inner listening, the inner guidance. You can call it intuition. You can call it inner hearing. You know, you can call it whatever. But when you um, bypass this, uh, um, I've heard it called always already listening. So you're always already listening to what you've always already been listening Mm -hmm. to. Yeah. And if you bypass that and go into that quicker, um, responsive, like from the spirit response. Mm -hmm. So into that space. And if I ask you, how many things are you taking responsibility for that it's not yours to take responsibility for? Listen for a number. Mm-hmm. How many things? Oh my gosh. Like like the number 99 jumped in my head. Beautiful. 99. There are 99 bottles of beer. <laughs> oh no, I hate that song. It gets stuck in my head. Oh, okay. 99, Melissa, 99. So agent 99, you have 99 things that you're taking responsibility for that it's not time to take responsibility for. Now, if you were, okay, I'll tell you, um, a friend of mine uh, was saying that same, same sort of thing. She was like, damn, I have 35 people like, like I'm carrying and I don't know who they are. How could I possibly sit down and identify each of these 35 people? And then when she, when she took did some work around it, she realized that she had recently led a workshop and uh, this workshop had gone just sideways. Like the power went out and people were, had been drinking and no one was, <laughs> no one was listening. And like, it just, it was your workshop nightmare, you know, made true. And, um, it took her a bit, but she realized that there were exactly 35 people in that mm-hmm. workshop. Mm-hmm. So it's like that, that there's, there may be four or five groups of things mm-hmm. that you've taken responsibility for that add up to 99. And I bet you, if you sat down and, and wrote the list, it would be like, Whoa, it would equal 99. Exactly. And what's interesting is that it's one shy of a hundred. Yeah. And likely it's the one thing. Well, let's start there. What's the one thing that you correctly take responsibility for thinking that you're making up hundred percent with this one thing, but it's really the one thing is the hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of hit that this morning with myself, which is my own health. Um, And I've got like this stubborn amount of weight, which is, small and yet just so irksome and really yeah heavy and it's Mm -hmm. it's been here so it's been with me since we've moved um and it's just worse to carry part of that transition I've had and uh I really realized today that I've been doing small things for my own health but I haven't fully taken that full responsibility to really do all the things I know I need to be doing um, and it is okay, a big careful. thing. Careful. I know. I said it. I know. Well, you said two words. You said doing and should. Yeah. So listen, I loved, I love where you are. Let's stay in the neighborhood. So uh, we're, we're, we're working multidimensionally right now. What, one of the things I have on my desk at all times is a crystal, um, because it reminds me of the multifaceted mm-hmm. facet in a crystal. 
and that it gets to be the crystal, but it, it gets to reflect the light differently. And there's always different sides. So we're working in that way, right? Mm-hmm. So let's go here to this health responsibility and responsibility to your well-being. Well, tell me, tell me this. How would you love to word the one thing that it it is yours to take responsibility for? You would love it. It'll make you so happy to take responsibility for this thing. Like your hand is up. Me, me, I'll take it. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I'm having a hard time between doing and being. Okay, let, um, me, let me break down the word responsible then. So uh, the responsible wor- word is often has duty um, on it. But if you take du- duty, duty, duty off of it, I can never say that word nicely. But anyway, you take it off and you look at responsibility. It's the ability to respond, respond, able hand in the air. Yes. Like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not a should, and it's not, it's a more like a, a big, yes. Yeah. What would you like to take responsibility for your, what it's yours. Yeah. My, so yours. my nourishment. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm, how does that feel? Good. It's time for you to take responsibility for your nourishment. And that includes how many things? Listen for a number. Oh, mm. uh, gosh. Don't overthink it. What was the first number you heard? 30. 30. And if you were to break down 30, let's go for three. So there's three. And, and I bet you in each of these three, there probably are 10, mm-hmm. 10 aspects. Yeah. Um, so let's look at uh, your, your nourishment means three things for you. What are they? Uh, it would be movement, um, fuel, fueling myself, and then uh, connection. Mm. Thank you. Wow. Um, and I'm saying thank you to Melissa's spirit. Thank you, Melissa's spirit. Good job. Mm-hmm. Melissa's brain, um, like you can feel it, right? There's like um, almost like a static there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but your spirit speaks so clearly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so your nourishment means three things to you and you're, you are excited to take responsibility. You're able to respond to your, to your movement, to your fuel and to your connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, um, what, who, who are you being when you are excited to, to respond to your nourishment when you're, who are you being then when you are taking responsibility for your movement, your fuel, your connection? Who are you being? That's my true self. Your true self. And if you were to design your true self or to not even design, but to uncover, to reveal, mm-hmm. like we're going to have like a coming out party. Ta-da! Melissa's true self is what? A joyful light. And I mean that in a energy <laughs> kind of way. Um, yeah, like an actual light bulb. Like yeah. A light. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, joyful, light, uh, radiant. And yeah, I mean, that comes Ooh. to mind coming through my computer screen, babe. <laughs> so if, um, if I was to have you narrow that down into um, a statement, your being, is it joyful light? Is it radiant? Is it peaceful light? Is it free light? Um, I would say, I mean, I keep going to radiant because I do think that, um, you know, there's, these other spirits or voices or guides, whatever you call it, um, mm-hmm. working, you know, in me, through me. And that's the light. I, you know, I definitely see myself more as that conduit in the best way possible. 
Awesome. Okay. Radiant. You've, uh, you've always been radiant. You, you were radiant before you got your face. It's not something you earned. It's not something someone gave you. It's not something you deserved. You are radiant. How does that, how does that feel for you? It feels good. It also, yeah. The self-doubt rushes in, of course, but it, it feels Ooh, good. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, you got to like, mm, stop it. Like you got to kind of like bark at your doubt, like uh -huh. scold it. Like, no, sit. <laughs> hey. So yeah, I, um, I understand. I mean, doubt, um, well, and also know that doubt is the shadow. That's all. Mm -hmm. and you need the shadow to have the radiance. Actually, you'll you'll you you won't be true to yourself and to the world if you're only ever you know that being light on without the shadow side. You know what I mean? Right. You need the you need the darkness of the shadow to make the light shine. I know that sounds that could sound almost cliche, but it but it really has a an element of truth. There's, there's, um, it's taken me a long time to embrace doubt. I used to really want to slay it, <laughs> brush it, you know, like squash it and I'd get mad at it. And, and I, I do think you do have to bark at it sometimes, but like a loving, like, thank you doubt for showing mm -hmm, up. Mm -hmm. My human. Yeah. So if Melissa is radiant, uh, what percentage of radiant are you right now? <laughs> oh gosh. I mean, talking with you, I feel fantastic, but um, I am not, not very radiant in my day-to-day -day life right now. Currently. Sure. What number? Give me a, like a, a percentage. Oh my gosh. I mean, geez, probably 3%. Dude. Seriously. Okay. All right. How okay? And how radiant do you feel right now? Right now, like ninety nine percent. Wow. Yeah. So first of all, it shows you what's possible, what mm -hmm. you can do in one minutes and thirty three seconds. <laughs> just saying. Well, okay. So no, knowing that that's possible, you, you you created it. You created radiance. You you recalled radiance. That's all. Mm -hmm. That's all that happened. And maybe that's all that's necessary is for you to recall it. Like, remember. Yeah. And I asked you, the thing that I asked you, had you get a bit resistant about it, is that you were listening to a voice that wasn't yours, mm -hmm. that you believed was yours, that you took responsibility for, and then it started a cascade of a habit of you taking responsibility for shit. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll take that. Okay, here we go. I'll take that too. Hump, I'll just take that and swallow. What a capacity. I mean, I, I acknowledge you so much. I just, I like, I wish I could hug you right now and just say thank you because you've you've really protected a lot of people haven't you yeah in some ways i feel like i've done a, a disservice though you know maybe but in the moment you sure like you you like um you blocked something and you took it and you'd kind of yes and it's time for that to stop for sure but wow in the moment it was all very lovingly done yes yes yeah, with love you, you accidentally take responsibility for things with just the purest, most loving intentions, which, ha which has you feel a bit confused, mm -hmm. but I'm doing it with good intentions. Isn't that what a mom does? Right. 
I once saw this, a friend of mine uh, a, a long time ago, and I remember this visual stuck with me like so acutely. And it took me a while to kind of process why it, why it sort of upset me. <laughs> but um, we were, uh, we were at this, like a, it was like a kid's club where kids were running in and out doing sailing programs. And, you know, you know, that kinetic like, kids running to their programs and moms dropping off kind of that, you know, moment, and I was dropping my kids off, and I waved over at her, and I said, "Hey, you know, Diane, morning, good, like that." And she, um, she sort of waved back at me, and her kid had this huge cupcake with a massive amount, a massive amount of icing on it, and the kid, maybe the kid was just at a at a birthday party or something, I don't know, but the kid had this cupcake and was running to go to his his. Um, event. And he turns around and he comes back to his mom and he says, mom, I don't like the icing. And she just didn't really know what to do with it. So she like literally put her whole mouth over it and all the, all the icing like that. Like she kind of didn't know what to do with it. Like she couldn't scrape it onto the ground and she didn't have a bag to put it in. And he was in a rush and she didn't want to slow him down and she didn't want him to be late. And what do you do? What are you gonna do? You're just going to eat it. Oh my God. And I know. And I, I watched that happen. And I, I was so horrified for, for multiple reasons. Of course, I just thought about how many times she's done that. Mm-hmm. And, and it could have been, it w- it could have been symbolic of that swallowing of something that isn't yours to swallow. Yeah. Like, Hey kid, go find a garbage. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I know like, the kid was like seven. It wasn't like, you know, anyway. So it, it's been like that for you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are radiant though, if you're radiant, what's let's, let's get this voice, my friend. I know, I know it's not the most fun thing because you're the person who um, the fingers point at you. You don't point out. So this isn't a blaming thing. Mm-hmm. And this voice that's come into you, is an innocent voice. It's a well-meaning voice. It's a loving voice, actually. It's so loving, in fact, that it's hard to discern that it's not messages that you really want or need. Mm-hmm. It could be, I sense that it's from somebody you love dearly. I, it's so crazy. I had a, a boss years ago who uh, I adored, but just always had um, a bit of a criticism or, you know, always had that next negative comment kind of loaded, locked and loaded. (laughs) Um, And while it's not his voice, uh, for whatever reason, that's who comes to mind. Like, it doesn't sound like him in my head, if that makes sense. I do. And so what, um, who's someone else who's closer to you, closer to, closer to you, like closer to your spirit, who sounds like that has a bit of a similar tone. Gosh. It's not, it's not anybody super close. It's, it's the people on that what's flooding in are people on the outside that I've kind of tried to not associate with. So I don't know why I would let them in my head. (laughs) It's the people I've uh, avoided, if that makes sense. The people I block on social media, (laughs) those those are the faces. But they got in through a little window or there's a little crack that you left open that you're like, oopsie, how did they get in? I thought I closed that window. Okay. So there's something that has it. Does it have like a critical flavor to it? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And is it, give me the nature of the criticism. Is it like sarcastic or demeaning or like, what is the nature of it? Mm, It's, I mean, it's, it's like an, I don't, it's demeaning, I guess would be the, the first thing that comes to mind, but it's, it's not in, it's not in a harm, in a meaningful, harmful way. If that makes sense. It's more of a underhanded <laughs> uh, criticism. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Like the low blow kind of thing. Well, kind of just the, it's almost like that twisted compliment where it's supposed to oh, come the shit sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. I know that one. Okay. Okay. 
So uh, it has like, um, yeah, it's that low, a bit of low vibes. Oh yeah, for sure. It's a, yeah, that's why I keep associating it with low energy, I guess, is that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, typically, you know, people who have that sort of low vibration way of being and way of operating just don't know any different, right? They just don't know any, any other way. And, um, so we can forgive them and we can move on. And yet there's something that created this listening in you because you you hear it differently than I hear it Mm -hmm. and it's causing you um it's causing you it's creating you to be someone who takes responsibility for everything I'll do it never mind I'll do it Mm -hmm. so let me share with you something I'm sensing it's a time in your life when you were about eight eight or nine and uh, something happened in your home and in your family and in your inner circle, something w- within your immediate family that you, you had a meaning-making moment where you made up your mind and you decided that taking responsibility was the right thing to do. Hmm. Yeah. Are you identifying something? Um. Gosh, I'm trying to think how old I was. It, the first thing that comes to mind is I moved a lot as a little kid. So I lived, uh, well, I went to a different school, kindergarten, first, second, and third grade. And then third grade, we had to move again. And, uh, well, that was the last move. And I remember um, having a family meeting with my parents and saying, this is the last time. This is how I remember it. <laughs> um I'm sure it probably went a little differently, but in my mind, I made the decision we weren't moving again. Now, clearly my parents had to (laughs) coincide with that and agree to that. But I think we were all tired and weary from moving so much. Um, But in my mind, it felt like I had decided that we didn't need to move anymore. And I also, and this is totally random, but I demanded or requested MTV and a cat. And those, those were my conditions for one more move. <laughs> and, and did they, did that happen? It did, did it happen? happen. It did happen. And um, so that is interesting. And, and I am sure my parents remember that a little differently, but I remember it as a moment where I did take control uh, in my mind, in my eight or nine year old mind, however old I was. So, um, what happened after that? Did it go well for your parents, particularly your dad? Yeah. I mean, we were settled. We were back in my hometown where I had been born. So we kind of made a big circle back. And so probably looking at it from an adult point of view, that was probably the goal on this move was to make it the last move before I ever uh, thought I dictated it. Um, but I, yeah, it went well. It was it was a positive decision. It was where I ended up finishing high school and the house we moved to was the house I ended up, you know, graduating high school and college from. And it was very much the house I think of of my, as my childhood home. And uh, in that ability to have, I mean, that level of control, you must've felt so powerful. You must've felt like, (laughs) so I'm wondering if that went so well that, I, I'm just curious and, and you can say, no, that's not a fit or, but in that moment, did you have, Oh God, I'm going to have to make all the decisions now. I don't know if I felt that, but I think as I look at it, it was the first time I felt like I had used my voice. Uh-huh. And so I think, and I'm just realizing that like, as we're talking, cause I never thought of this before that way, but I think it was maybe the first time I actually stood up for myself because we just, dad came home and we were moving, you know, it wasn't a conversation. Um, so I think that's more of what it was. I don't remember a heaviness with it at all, but I do looking back, I do think it was the first time I actually remember sitting and talking to my parents about something meaningful to me like that. You just forgot that you have this level of power. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's crazy. You just forgot. It's just a remembering, like really that's all we're ever doing in this life of ours. We're just remembering. Oopsie. I'm so sorry. I forgot. My husband was saying to me um, the other day, he said, I wish you, I wish you knew that you were already accepted 
And, you know, that had an ouchy childhood, like, oh, like, really? I never really believed it. But he, the way he said it, it was like, oh, I just have to remember mm-hmm. that I'm already accepted. And it's like that for you, that you just need to remember that you are already radiant. And your voice, your voice. So there's a, there's a bit of triangulation happening right now. That when we first started talking, I wrote down, I have a little notepad here, and I wrote down home and being at home mm-hmm. and creating your home. And I, I had this sense of you feeling like you've never really felt at home. Mm. Yeah. And that the the quest and the, the, the mission is to be like, this This is almost, I feel like my mission in the world is to help people be at home with their themselves fully 100%. So not 3%, but <laughs> <laughs> 100% at home with yourself so that you can live unconditionally mm. so that it doesn't depend on the job or the guy or the, the or the outfit or the hats Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. depend on those things, but that your home is unconditional because it's within you. Yeah. And you, you, Melissa, you are at home in your radiance. If you're anywhere else, you're not home. If you're anywhere else other than radiance, you're not home. Yeah. And from home, home base, because we know, like we, we know me and you, we know that home matters to you. Like little house on the prairie. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of about a house. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, you know, and also um, Nelly writing all the journals. Yeah. He created home there. I bet you Taylor has a way of creating home wherever she goes. Something about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's this thing. Like, do you, do you see that you, you are home in your um, choir? of these women, of Carol, Nellie, Taylor, and Laura, and Melissa, and that actually it's the harmony that you bring with those voices that brings all of those voices to life. I love that. Yeah, like we, this this whole conversation has simply been about who, who is it time for you to be? Like, or what is it time for you to be? And we, I love, I really appreciate you so effortlessly, by the way, so masterfully being able to navigate your spiritual landscape to be able to see, oh, it's radiance. Like you identified that so well. And the reason I know you identified it is because you felt it in your body. And when you feel it in your body, I can feel it in my body. It's really cool that way. (laughs) More than the internet. We're more powerful than the internet. (laughs) The truth is more powerful than the internet. (laughs) But then from there, what, what you can do then when you're radiant, what you can do then is you can write and you can teach and you can use your voice. Mm -hmm. And what you can take responsibility for then is your nourishment when you're radiant you can take responsibility for the movement, your movement and the movement, by the way. Yeah. The whole shebang, no pressure. Hmm. And the fuel, the fuel that you use. So it's not just, it's not just your fuel, Melissa. It's fuel. Mm-hmm. It's energetic fuel. It's light fuel. It's love fuel. It's, it's cherishing fuel. It's intellectual fuel. Hmm. And then you're, you're able to take responsibility for your connection to your true self. Who is radiant? It just goes around and around like that. You, you're creating wholeness. Yeah. 
Now, now that I could like smack my knee. That, <laughs> that is wholeness. You know, like you and I could probably kvetch a little bit about the so whole self-care movement, like drink water, <laughs> eat more greens. Like it's so much deeper than that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I actually, what I believe, what I'm feeling is that that this is the thing for you to teach and, and share and have a voice around. Mm. I love that. It's all the things. What do you, what do you sense? Like, wh what do you sense right now? Or, or what do you feel right now that maybe you didn't feel before? Mm -hmm. um, so it's interesting. You said the home comment because you know, here I am building a home. I've been in transition for 19 months now. And, um, but it goes so much deeper than that. And I've been focused on the doing involved with this transition period, but yeah, it's very much finding that place in the world when you have that intuition and that knowing that goes deeper than the the world as we define it as normal, which has all been turned on its head anyway right now. But um, finding where where that sense of belonging is, um, and it is it is something I've thought a ton about, and um, and thought how I you know we were considering various places to move before moving here to rural Iowa. And uh, it was very much always just, it didn't seem right or something didn't work or, you know, nothing ever felt exactly right um, except for this. And so that is interesting that you you picked up on that right away is that sense of home. Yeah. Your sense of home is it, it's in the wholeness, right? When you're whole, because I think you're such a capable, responsible person that you can muscle through almost anything. You've got that grit. Mm -hmm. You've got that quiet strength, right? You've got that brave heart. You've got it. And if you override your calling, mm. you are not home. Mm -hmm. And no one is going to suffer. I think that, that that's maybe one of the other incorrect sort of beliefs that somebody's going to suffer or somebody's going to get left behind or somebody's not going to get the attention they need if you do follow your calling. Mm -hmm. It's um you it's time for you to listen to what Carol has to say. I think Carol's a bit of a boss. Mm -hmm. She's like, she's your guide. She's these women, these, these women truly are your guides that are, have something to share for you. I, I sense this in, in this wholeness with you that being radiant will allow you to do your writing and your teaching and sharing your voice, which will allow you to have, this is going to sound simplistic, but it will allow you to have your home. It will allow you to have your home and your clients. Your business, it's, it's, that's what it is. It's your business. Mm -hmm. you, you, your business isn't coming for you until you can actually really fully embrace your radiance 100%. And I actually think, well, I know, I know for certain that radiance is the thing that it's time for you to teach the world. Too much dullness out there. Mm -hmm. That low vibe, it's dull. It's boring as can be. Yeah. Teach people how to be radiant. Oh, I want to name your business now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's the logo quick. Uh, do you see? Do you see a new window opening? Yeah. Yeah. I've thought of a lot of words, but I'd never really put my finger on radiance. Honey. Um, my, my, um, recommendation is to write like right away, like, um, right after we hang up is to write, um, a manifesto about radiance. 
write what it means for you and what what radiance will allow you to serve, what radiance will allow you to receive, what radiance will allow you to create. Mm-hmm. And all those people, those beautiful people in your life are going to just, they're just going to bask in the glory. Mm. And you'll give them permission to shine, as Marianne Williamson says. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I just looked up that quote again this morning. (laughs) Oh, it's a good one. You should have it like poster size on our wall. I I really appreciate you. I just want you to know how... um, what a gift it is to be able to go into the unknown with someone who's courageous like you and willing and, um, and just so deeply wise that you've got so much wisdom. You've, you've been, you've been listening to so many good voices. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Thank you. Keep, keep listening. Your, your listening is very generous. Well, thank you. I'd love to circle back with you and um, see what what uh, has come of your um, maybe new awareness and see what uh, shifts have happened in your life. And so would you be willing to do that? Absolutely. It'd be so fun, right? Absolutely. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, thank you so much. Thank you for creating this podcast with me. Thank you for um, allowing it to be born into the world. Without your radiance, it wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. And look at, you put your voice out there and you helped me put my voice out there. (laughs) I do love that. That's amazing. Yeah, you made it happen. Thank you so much. And we'll talk again very soon. Keep in touch, okay? Okay, thank you. All the best, Melissa. Thank you, Erin. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Power to Be podcast. To my guests, you need to know, wow, it takes something to dig deep and push past resistance and let what's in the way drop. And you did this publicly. You're my hero. And to my listeners, thank you for holding big space for them and for yourself. I sincerely hope an insight was available to you. I'm committed to delivering real deal, fearless coaching to bring you a fresh, perspective and to tear down barriers and limiting beliefs and provide the support, energy, and love that will make all the difference in your life. I'm here for you. Let's connect. Visit livebigco.com to learn more. I can't wait to find out what you have the power to be.